Hello and welcome back. My name is Katie Shepard and this is the AHA Homeschool Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about one of the myths surrounding homeschooling. And it's a big one. And if you are already a homeschooler, or if you are maybe just telling your friends and your family that you're pulling your kids out, or maybe you're feeling the nudge to homeschool, but you haven't quite jumped yet, you most likely have either had the question of socialization asked to you, or you've had the thought yourself about how do I socialize my kids when we're just at home learning? So I want to address this. It is a myth, I promise you. And so in in researching this episode, I decided the first thing I wanted to do was just do a quick Google search, even though Google isn't always my go-to place for information. I was like, let's just do a quick Google search and see what the Google definition is of socialization. And here's what I got. The process of learning to behave in a way that is acceptable to society. So I want you to hear that again. The Google definition of socialization is the process of learning to behave in a way that is acceptable to society. I have a whole lot of problems with that definition, um, but let's stick with the big one. The big one is we don't base our lives on society's standards of socialization or anything else. We base our lives on the word of God as much as we can. And yeah, we may slip sometimes, but we do everything we can to teach our children to base their lives on the word of God, not society standards. And Jesus gives us a real good reason why. In Matthew 7, 24, he talks about the, the man who builds his house on sand versus the man who builds his house on a steady rock. Um, the sand being, you know, an unsturdy, un unsolid, constantly changing foundation, which in this case is, is like the world standards. And then, you know, the, the opposite to that on the other side of the spectrum would be the, the rock, which is the solid foundation and the solid foundation, the rock is constant. That is Jesus. That is the word of God. And in Matthew seven, he tells us that you don't want to build your house on sand, on a bed of sand. You don't want the foundation of your home to be on sand because it is unsteady and it's always changing. And to base your life on a foundation that is constantly changing is very confusing for, especially for our children and teaching our kids to behave in a way that is acceptable to society is like the man that builds his house on sand. Society's standards are constantly changing. There are things that are hot button topics today that did not exist, or I had never heard of them at least, when I got married 16 years ago, or when I graduated from high school 
longer than that ago. <laughs> there are things, and it, and if you haven't been living under a rock, you know what I'm talking about. You know that society's definitions and standards and are and ideas of what is socially acceptable are constantly changing. I don't want my children to build their foundation on that. I don't want my children to learn to behave in a way that is acceptable to society because whatever that is today isn't the same as it was 10 years ago or 20 years or 40 years ago. And it's most definitely not going to be the same as, as 10 or 20 years from now. I want my children to base their standards of behavior on God's word and God's truth. I want it to be a solid foundation. So right off the bat, I have a problem with that Google definition because just the definition itself is pointing us to worldly standards. And I can tell you when we pulled our kids out of school and we brought them home, there are habits we had to undo. I didn't love the way my children were being taught to behave because let's be real. The best way to teach a skill to a child is to give them time and space and a place to learn that skill with people who know more than they do, right? You wouldn't ever send your kid to a soccer camp. You wouldn't ever send your nine-year-old kid to a soccer camp that was run by a nine-year-old. No, you want them to take a soccer camp from like a college student who's playing soccer in college because there's experience and wisdom there. This idea that we send our children to school to be in a room with a bunch of other people roughly the same age and roughly the same maturity level, and that's going to teach them good social behavior, that idea is absolutely ridiculous. Have you ever had one seven-year-old teach another seven-year-old how to appropriately and maturely respond to a problem or um, help them come up with a solution? I mean, maybe occasionally. But in general, children with a specific maturity level cannot also teach their peers at the same maturity level to grow and they cannot provide wisdom in general. There may be exceptions. We wouldn't ask our children to learn any other skill this way. We wouldn't, we wouldn't ask our children to learn any other skill in the manner that we quote, teach socialization at school. And to be honest, if we're all honest, our kids learn bad habits at school. School socialization includes things like bullying and jokes, sometimes crude jokes, or sometimes just mean jokes, or sometimes inappropriate jokes or things our kids aren't um, mature enough to really listen to. School socialization includes discussions on topics we might not be ready for our kids to hear because we know our children best and we know what they're ready for. My 10-year-old 
doesn't get to decide what another 10-year-old is ready to hear or to listen to or to understand because my 10-year-old doesn't know where that other 10-year-old is. It's the parents that should be in charge of introducing new and complex topics for our children when we feel like they are ready. School socialization includes language. How many of you listening that went to public school can honestly say you never once learned a bad joke or heard bad language long before you should have ever heard them? I'd be willing to bet most of us have those experiences and that's not good. If that's what we're working toward, we've got a long way to go for society, right? There are so many things at school that my kids learned too soon. They weren't mature enough. Their brains were not mature enough. They were not ready to, to learn something. And I'm not talking about, you know, subjects here like science and history and that kind of stuff. I'm talking about social things. They were exposed to things too soon. And then I would also argue there are things that they were exposed to too late or never exposed to that they should have been exposed to because that's the nature of school. That's how it's going to work. The teacher has all these standards and all these, this recording and all these things that they have to keep up with. They don't have time to teach a class of 20 to 30 kids on um, specific behaviors. Every now and then, yes. But a teacher in any given day, and I know because I was a teacher, you do not have time to stop every single time there is a bad behavior and correct it. In the same way that I have the ability to do while I'm homeschooling my children. And I will get to that in a minute. And I would tell you that this idea that homeschoolers can't be socialized is a lie from the enemy and it is a really, really good lie from the enemy. We we hear that and we think, oh, well, I don't want my kid to be weird, right? Like we hear that and we have this fear that, oh, they're going to be weird or they're not going to get along with normal kids. And we have a fear. And that fear can drive our decision-making, but you guys, fear does not come from the Lord. Fear is a tool from the enemy in so many cases to get us to stop moving closer to the plan that God has for us. And what's going to, you know, what's going to stop you sooner than the fear of like, oh, my kid's going to be weird. And of course we're all going to stop. But you know what? I have a secret for you. Your kid is probably going to turn out as weird as you are. And let's be honest, we're all a little bit weird, right? I, we're all a little bit quirky. We all have things. And a lot of times our kids pick up those things and that's okay. They're supposed to. That's the design of the family. So I want to remind you that that the Bible calls us, you know, Paul talks about it in Colossians, Colossians 3, 2. 
Paul calls us to set our mind on things above and not on earthly things. So I want you to keep that verse in mind. Set your mind on things above, not earthly things. And then I want you to think through this next question I have for you. When you think of your child or your children being socialized well or having good socialization, what is it that you picture? What do you want? Forget what school tells you, forget what society tells you. And just for a minute, think about you and your children and what you want. Think about setting your mind on things above, not on earthly standards. What do you want? And I think in general, we all want our kids to be able to communicate with others. We want our kids to be able to communicate with people of all ages. We want our kids to learn. Obviously, this is not going to happen right away. We want our children to learn how to maturely and appropriately respond in a variety of situations. And maybe there is a couple other things that you can think of that you would really want for your children when it comes to like what good socialization would look like for your children or your family. But I tell you what, there's a lot of those things that they're just not getting at school. I have a friend who is a teacher locally in a very good school district. And she recently told me that she wishes, she wants to be able to homeschool her children that she sees and has seen on many, many occasions, children learning things too soon or being exposed to things that their parents don't want them exposed to. Or there's, you know, one kid in the class who gets to watch dirty movies and comes in and tells other children about it. And, and she's an elementary school teacher. So none of that would be appropriate in elementary school whatsoever. And she said every single year she has been a teacher, there have always been students. Always. It's not a sometimes. It's an always. There have always been students that have learned things too soon, been exposed to things they shouldn't have been exposed to, and have been um, have been talked down to, you know, have been hurt by other people's words. I think from my perspective, my kids have spent time both in public school and now at homeschool. And I would say without a doubt, one of the reasons I homeschool is because of socialization, because I don't want them to receive the socialization they're receiving at school. And maybe sometimes it is good. We most definitely had good experiences while we were at school, but we also had some, some pretty bad experiences that weren't always handled well. So keep in mind that socialization can still happen within a family. 
this is a big pet peeve of mine. My children and I are here during the day. No, we're not here all the time. We go out and we see people. We don't, we're not hermits. We don't just stick in our house. A huge pet peeve of mine is there are three of them and one of me. So there's four humans. Yes, we're all related. But says who that you can't learn to socialize with your siblings? Like, there's there's three children in my house. Why can't we learn social behaviors with each other? And I hate the idea that we can't, that the family isn't a good enough place to learn something. No, 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 no. The family is the best place to learn things. It's the best place to learn things. And so now I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about some of the benefits of homeschool. And this, this idea of the family being the best place to learn is the topic I want to use to transition into the benefits. One of the benefits, you guys, let's be real. One, one of the hardest places for us to walk in grace and in love is with the people we are closest to. How much easier is it for you to be patient and kind and loving and grace-filled with people who don't live in your house or people who you aren't super close to, right? I can be having the worst day and be in the checkout lane at the grocery store and the cashier will ask me how I'm doing or start up a conversation and I am able to smile and make a conversation, maybe not at like my very best, but then when I come home, I let my guard down and I am, I'm not always on my best behavior at home. And I would argue that most of us aren't, but when we leave, typically we're on better behavior than when we're within our home. The number one benefit of socializing within a homeschool atmosphere is that if your kids can socialize well with each other, with their siblings, how much better are they going to be at doing those things well out in the world, right? I mean, what if we can like perfect those relationships and fine tune and tweak those relationships and, and those behaviors at home with the people that we let our guard down with and with the people that we're not always the kindest or most loving to. Well, if we can do that at home, then most definitely we are going to rock that when we're out in the world. Another benefit um, to homeschool socialization would be that when an issue comes up, we pause immediately. There is no like, oh, I'll deal with that later. Or I'll call your mom later. There's, there's none of that. We pause immediately. How can you say that differently to your sister? Can you help me understand the tone behind your voice? Because I hear anger in your voice and I don't understand that. Mom can ask all these questions. Mom can ask all these leading questions and walk children through what their tone of voice sounded like, what their words sounded like or felt like when they came out. And then we can, we role play, we role play different options of things they could have said that maybe have the same meaning, but are going to sound so much kinder and are going to be so much more grace-filled. Then a lot of times we'll go to scripture. Okay, where can we find a verse that's going to help you 
with this problem, with this anger, with this frustration, or with this tone of voice you're having. And a lot of times we will also pray through it. I will pray over the child or I will have them maybe repeat a prayer after me. You know, sometimes it's as simple as like, dear Jesus, I wasn't kind in my words or my tone to my sister. Next time I'm feeling frustrated, can you help me find the right words? It's that simple. But we get to pause immediately and address the behaviors immediately. And with kids and their brain development, they need those things addressed immediately. You can't address behavior five, six, seven hours later and have it really hit home and really be um, behavior, you know, altering experience. Another benefit of homeschooling socialization is that we get to socialize with a variety of ages. We had a field day mid-May with some of our homeschooling friends, and we had kids there from, I think, 16 all the way down to the age of four. And it was so cool. It was so cool during the water balloon fight to watch the older kids be kind and gentle with the younger kids and to watch them come alongside the younger kids and help them. Or during some of the relay races, work together and, you know, they gave the little kids grace and it was amazing. It was such a cool experience to see this this group of children in this wide variety of ages all get along and have fun together. We're learning to communicate and be in a space and function in a space with a wide variety of ages. Another benefit is that your children, once you have been homeschooling for a while, once you have been building a foundation of your beliefs built into their behaviors, like what your biblical beliefs become the foundation and you use those to help them learn how to behave and respond and communicate. Once you have done that, your kids can have intelligent conversations with adults at pretty young ages. It's it's not conversations where it's all about them. It's conversations where they ask questions and they lean in and they listen. Now, I'm going to be the first to tell you, my kids most definitely do not do this all the time, but I have seen the fruits of this beginning to come true in our lives. We went on a camping trip last year, Labor Day weekend, with my parents. And there was one night we put the the twins to bed. At the time, they were nine. It was right before they turned 10. And my dad said after they were in their beds, my, my dad said, he's like, wow. He said, they're like, they're different humans. He said, it's, it's actually fun to like sit here and talk to them. It's not like it's my grandchildren and I'm like, you know, pseudo parenting them the whole time. He said, it was fun to sit here and have a conversation with my grandkids. And that will absolutely be a fruit of your homeschool. If you prioritize relationships and communication and building your relationship and communication foundation on the word of God, not earthly standards, right? That Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on the earthly things. Another 
benefit, another homeschooling benefit to socialization is mental health. I have seen this absolutely 100% come true in my family is when your children are in a smaller environment, mom and kids, however many kids that is for you, no one is missed. Or most of the time, no one is missed. Some days, some people require more attention than others because that's life. And if you have multiple children, I'm sure you understand that. But no one gets missed long term. No one gets shoved back to a corner. No one's struggle is missed. When I see one of my kids having a bad day or really struggling with something, I, I, I see it right away. I don't miss it for months. You know, I, I see it right away. And we talk about it and we work through it. And sometimes we take a mental health day. We can take it when they need it. It's not, well, today's a testing day. You got to sit down and test. I don't, you know, it's sorry if you're having a bad day. We got it it's on the calendar. We got to do it. We don't do that in our homeschool. If somebody is really having a point where they need a mental health break, a mental health day, then we take it. Do we still learn? Absolutely. We get out into nature. We take a hike. We play a board game. We read another book together. We go out to lunch where they have to order off a menu with a server. So they're socializing there. We can take those mental health days when they need it. And really for our children's emotional health, that's absolutely necessary. It is absolutely necessary to be able to address our children's emotions in the moment when they're feeling it, to point them to scripture, to talk to them how they feel, and to explain to them that sometimes their feelings aren't real, but they feel real, and to give them a mental health day when they need it. Now, I don't mean once a week, you know, with moderation, obviously, take a mental health day. And I would argue that forcing children to push through on a day when they need a mental health break is ridiculously unhealthy. And I would say on those days, they probably have really bad socialization and they're probably not kind or loving or grace-filled to their peers. That's a benefit of homeschooling socialization is that we can really give our kids what they need. Now, is that real world? Do us adults get to take mental health days, you know, when we need it every time? No, we absolutely don't. But you know what? Our brains are more mature and more developed and can handle more things than our kids. Our children are not mini adults. Their brains do not fully develop until they are 25. And so they can't handle what we can handle. And they're not supposed to because they're children. And we get the opportunity to foster and grow that and to love them in that and to, to teach them grace. And sometimes grace means give yourself a break today just because you need it and for no other reason. And I would argue that the children who are more emotionally stable, who have a a wider, deeper place to deal with their emotions, to talk to mom about their emotions, to pray through their emotions in the moment they're happening. Those children 
have better socialization because when they can understand their own feelings and when they have time to process their own feelings, they have more compassion for others' feelings. And when others are having an off day or when others need a break and it creates children who can be out in the world and walk in grace and love and truth better. I fully believe that within a homeschool environment, it is so much easier to walk within those, those fruits of the spirit. And to really let those things shine in our children and give them space to walk in those things. And and when we give them out to the world, they can be the light and they can share the gospel and they can make a difference. But it has to start at home and it has to start on a foundation of God's word. It has to start on a foundation of a rock. It cannot be built on a foundation of sand because it won't last. And we know that is a hundred percent true because Jesus tells us it is. All right, friends, thank you for joining us for another episode. I hope you join us next time. Bye-bye.